Well, we're going to be reading this morning from Philippians chapter 4, which is a very uh, familiar uh, uh, few verses for, for many of you. But let's just read it together. Philippians 4, 4 through 9. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say, rejoice. Let everyone see your gentleness. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. Instead, in every situation, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, tell your request to God. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of respect, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if something is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. And what you learned and received and heard and saw in me, do these things, and the God of peace will be with you. So we're kind of uh, entering into fall season, and I don't know about you, but summer's pretty chill, but then as we get into the fall, things start to ramp up, don't they, with all kinds of programs and meetings and kids going back to school and all this kind of stuff, and it's a natural time when we, we start to, to get a little bit more stressed out, not to mention the, all the things going on in the world right now seem to be keep rehashing and anxiety's going up to an all-time high. And so since I was allowed to speak on anything I wanted this morning, not part of a series, I thought I would address this this morning. Give you a little bit of a public service announcement of something that we need to hear regularly and often uh, from these verses. Of course, Paul, context here, he's writing to the Philippian church and he's writing them from prison. He's probably preaching to himself <laughs> a little bit here. He may be facing his own impending death. And the Philippian church are, are nervous about what's going to happen to, to Paul and his co-workers. And then they're also, in the verses just before this, Paul's talking about some internal conflicts they're having in the church. There's two uh, significant women in the congregation, Yodia and Syntyche, who are having some kind of conflict that they don't go into description about. And then earlier in the book, they're talking about some of the, the opposition and even persecution they're facing from unbelievers in the area of Philippi. And so there's a lot of anxiety for the Philippians. And in the context of this, Paul says to them these amazing words, <laughs> Do not be anxious about anything. Is that even possible? <laughs> Is that even possible? Well, for one, we all have anxiety. <laughs> we all struggle with anxiety or stress in one way or another. It's actually the, the body's defense mechanism to tell you that something is dangerous or something's going on. And denying that you're feeling anxious or trying to pretend that it's not there, will actually just make it worse. <laughs> so we all experience anxiety. But Paul here is not saying that it's sin or it's wrong for you to feel anxious. But what he's saying, he says it in, when he says don't be anxious about anything, he's saying it in the present active tense. And, and kind of the feel here is that don't let it dominate you. Don't let this be an ongoing thing. Don't let it be uh, something that becomes disordered in a, in a perpetual state and interferes with your ability to function as a, as a healthy individual. Where we stop facing life and we're avoiding everything and our worlds get smaller. And he gives us a couple of instructions here. Now, he's not thinking about modern psychology, but the instructions that he gives us are actually uh, very true and very valid and worth our listening to. There's lots of ways to do so, but Paul hits on two big ones here in this passage. So when we're struggling with anxiety, it's kind of a, a vicious circle. 
that sometimes we experience because you interpret some situation or something's happening in your life and you feel anxious about it. But oftentimes we react in, in unhealthy ways. We find unhealthy ways because we want to calm ourselves down. We want to escape the fear. We want to escape the anxiety. And oftentimes we do that in unhealthy ways. Perhaps we turn to, to drinking or to uh, excessive media use. Or we isolate ourselves from other people and become scared of other people. It's an escapism. And what happens is we do those things... And our brain and our body feels relief from that anxiety. And so now your brain's telling you, that worked, let's do that again. And that actually makes your anxiety worse. You become more afraid, more anxious about those things. And you repeat these unhealthy patterns over and over and over till you end up in, for example, a situation like someone with severe social anxiety who, who can't go out and be with people unless they get drunk. And so it's crippling and your world gets smaller and more isolated when we deal with anxiety in unhealthy manners. And there's two ways off that train. In our thoughts and in our actions that Paul hits on. He doesn't hit it on all of them, but he hits on two big ones related to our thoughts and to our actions. He says, interestingly, at the end of the passage, think on these things and put these things into action. And it's really good ancient wisdom for us. And what is that wisdom? First, in our thoughts, he talks about, at the beginning he says, remember, the Lord is near. He interjects this in here. He says, the Lord is near. And we don't know that whether he's talking about the return of Jesus or whether he's talking about Jesus just being near to us in our struggles, given the context, probably talking about the return of the Lord. But either one's good. <laughs> either one is good. And what it does is it's this thing of remembering the Lord is near. Remember the big picture. Give yourself perspective. Remember that what you're experiencing is what a momentary light affliction compared to the glory that Jesus is building that will be revealed when He returns. That's why thinking about living for the age to come, one of our values is, is so important because it keeps our life in perspective. When we want to get so narrowly focused on this thing that seems like a mountain in front of us. We just need to back out. Remember, the Lord is near. And secondly, in this battle in our thoughts, he talks about gratitude. He talks about gratitude. He says, rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. It's a prayer with thanksgiving. And he says, whatever is lovely, praiseworthy, think on these things. And it's stopping ourselves in our circumstances and reminding ourselves of the faithfulness, the goodness, and the greatness of God constantly, daily. We have to break the train of thought that our, our, our brain wants to go down, of catastrophizing and thinking about all the possible worse outcomes that could be but are highly unlikely in the situation that you're facing. We have to fact-check ourselves and bring ourselves to our present reality and remember who God is and what He has done for us and for others that we know and the so many blessings that He's brought into our lives. And when we do that, when we practice the spiritual discipline of gratitude, it actually accomplishes the same things that the negative escapism does. It gives you those same chemical reactions in your brain with dopamine and serotonin and calming us down. But it's a healthy pattern that becomes effective in our lives to stave off anxiety. It reduces it instead of feeding it. It's a spiritual discipline. <laughs> Paul says again, 
I say rejoice. It grounds us and fights off anxiety. And so, number one, we have to win this war in the mind, as some have called it. Remembering that the Lord is near, keeping perspective, remembering who He is, remembering who you are to Him. Remember all His benefits, remember all His blessings, and rejoice, give thanks. This will reduce anxiety in our lives. Secondly, actions. Just win the war in our thoughts, and then actions that we need to take. There's lots of good actions we can take when it comes to fighting stress and anxiety, whether it's sleep or exercise or or eating habits. Paul's obviously not talking about any of those, but he hits on some big ones. He talks about prayer, obviously, and petition, specifically in prayer, petitioning the Lord. Bring your requests to God. This very act of coming before Him and bringing our requests to Him reminds us, kind of like in our thoughts, reminds us again of who He is. It reminds us that He is in control. Again, giving us perspective. I think so often, I don't know about you, but I have to resign every week from being ruler of the universe, don't you? (laughs) I have to remember, the only thing I can control in this world is right here. Pretty much everything else is outside of my control. But it's not outside of His control. He is omnipotent, creator, ruler of all things. As Chris said, or Matt said earlier, all heaven and earth has been given... He's been given authority over. And so when we come to Him and we remember our rightful place and His place, it gives us peace to remind us of who He is and to bring our request to Him and know that we've talked to the man in charge and unloaded our burdens to Him, the one who can control all things and who really has the ability to help us in our time of need. And so saying this out loud and offloading our burdens is so helpful for us. So petitioning God. And then secondly, he talks about good deeds. In the midst of this conflict that they're going through, he says, let everyone see your gentleness. And he reminds them, what you've learned and received and heard and saw in me, do these things. Again, they're experiencing conflict and opposition. And naturally, we want to engage in sort of unhealthy avoidance and fear and catastrophizing and isolation of ourselves. But Paul says, in effect, don't withdraw. Engage. Engage. In the midst of all of these struggles, follow Jesus in Christian living. It's interesting that uh, they did a... uh, There's many studies that have been done. One they did recently at Simon Fraser University in British Columbia. They divided up students uh, struggling with anxiety into three different groups. Gave them different tasks. But the group that experienced the greatest reduction in anxiety were those who were given the task of performing acts of kindness, of doing roommates' dishes, mowing a neighbor's lawn, or donating to charity. They experienced the greatest reduction in anxiety. And it's those who engage in these kinds of good works that will reduce their anxiety. And we're not talking about, just to be clear, we're not talking about making ourselves more busy. When you're feeling overwhelmed, don't go out and start a new ministry or something. But break, think of simple tasks, ways that you can engage in the good works that Jesus calls us to. Small things. Send someone a kind note. Encourage someone. Shovel a neighbor's driveway. Volunteer for a couple of hours somewhere. These things. Doing acts of love and in kindness and the things that Paul modeled for the church in Philippi. They provide, again, this same sense of well-being in our lives 
that we're looking for when we pursue unhealthy ways of reducing our stress and anxiety. It brings that same calming effect and reinforces healthy patterns in our lives that will become habits for us that help us win this victory over anxiety. So in review, in review, if you didn't catch what I said, we all experience anxiety. We all experience it. It's, it, it's part of being human. We all experience anxiety. But Paul says, don't be anxious about nothing. Don't let this rule your life and isolate you and become a perpetual state. But fight this war in our thoughts, in the mind. Think through perspective and gratitude. Break this path to catastrophizing about what may happen to you or where you think things are going that are highly unlikely, that gets us caught in fear. Break that. Challenge your thoughts. Replace it with the truth of who God is and the reality of remembering who He is. All of the blessings in your life now and previously. Remember that the Lord is near. Remember that this is a momentary light affliction that does not compare to what He is building in your life for the age to come, that He is good, that He is for you. And this will help relieve anxiety. And then take action with prayer. Bring your requests to God. Bring your requests to God, the One who is nipotent and in control of all things. Petition Him. Entrust to Him your cares and your burdens. And then do the works of ministry that Jesus calls us to. Kindness and love and reaching out in simple ways. Don't kill yourself. Just reach out in simple ways. But Paul says if we will do this in our thoughts and if we will take these actions, then he says, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds and the God of peace will be with you. I'm going to call the worship team forward and uh, I'm just going to pray for us collectively through some of these themes and then uh, we're going to close in a song. So let's... uh, pray together for a moment. God, this morning, we remember who you are. Creator God, omnipotent, who's been given all authority in heaven and earth. We come to you this morning as your sons and as your daughters. And we thank you because you have saved us. You've delivered us. You've been kind to us. You've blessed us with blessing upon blessing in our lives. You've delivered us from our enemies, God. You've provided for us. And we're so grateful, God, for all of the the benefits of knowing You, being loved by You, being called by You. And we remind ourselves of that this morning. We're so grateful, Lord, for all that You've done and for all that You are. And Father, we come to You this morning, Lord, so many with with struggles, with doubts, with fears, with anxiety, with with difficulties that we're facing in relationships or or in work or, or in finances, Lord. And we bring them to You this morning, God. Because You are capable of all things. Nothing is impossible for You and You care for us. You care about every hair on our head, Lord. And we come to You this morning. And we give to you our burdens, Lord. We say, would you help us, God? God, would you fill us with your spirit? Would you give us wisdom? Would you help us, Lord? God, would you provide where we need provision, God? Would you give us wisdom where we're struggling with relationships, Lord? 
Would you give us the fruit of the Spirit in our lives through your Holy Spirit, Lord, so that we might honor you in our interactions and in our difficulties when it's hard, Lord, not to be overwhelmed with anger, not to be overwhelmed with anxiety, not to be overwhelmed with fear. Lord, would you help us? Would you give us the fruit of your Spirit? God, we give you our burdens. We entrust them to you this morning. And Father, we ask that in the midst of all of our difficulties, Lord, help us to love well. God, I pray that as we launch into this fall season, Lord, and some of the busyness ramps up, Lord, just help us to be wise in in how we engage. and, and, And Lord, help us to find opportunities to love and to serve well. Lord, help us not to be hesitant to send that encouraging note or, or Lord, to to put ourselves out there and express our love and appreciation for others or to, to serve others, Lord, even in ways that make us uncomfortable sometimes. Lord, just give us the boldness and the courage to love, Lord, because we know that you will meet us in these things, Lord, that your peace will be with us, God. You will guard our hearts and minds, Lord, as we follow you in these things. And we ask for your help and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.